Welcome to the Next Step Business Podcast. I'm Bob Camp, your host. For each podcast, I'm inviting successful business leaders to discuss strategy, execution, high-performing teams, innovation, and more. Join us to learn more about getting the business you want and living life on your terms. Welcome, Alexa Sponsia. She is the owner-operator at Hard Docs Pizza, one of my favorite establishments here in town. I'm always amazed at the great customer service there from the very beginning. Alexa, welcome to the call today. Oh, thanks for having me. One of the things I'd like to do is just find out who you are. Fill us in on the things that you think in life have made you who you are. Sure. I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is uh, my mother. Um, I am the youngest of four, and my mom is a single mom. And so um, I was raised to, I mean very independent. You know, I was a latchkey kid, so come home, do your homework by yourself, pack your own lunch kind of deal. Um, And I think actually that experience of growing up, for sure the youngest, just because, I mean, my siblings for sure helped and took care of me in a lot of ways, but I had to figure it out. That's actually one of our values at Hard Knocks, but I had to figure it out, um, which I think just made me who I am today. Um, My mom is a really hard worker, still is. Um, All my siblings were just kind of, I I don't think we've ever not worked. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, I mean, my mom for sure just kind of set the foundation of um, hardworking, um, loyalty, those kind of things. And so I think that's a lot of why I am who I am is her. Those two pieces you brought up first, loyalty is in its whole own space. Mm-hmm. This element of being a hard worker and figuring it out, those are really two key factors, I think, to success. Oh, for sure. And I think, you know, my husband and I always say, even just raising kids, like more is caught than is taught. And so I think that was a big, it was just kind of second nature for me. Um, you know, we're responsible for our own success. We're responsible for our own failures also, and we're responsible for all that. And so I think it was just, I would watch and I learned a lot. And so, um, I kind of always use the word grit. I feel like, um, yeah, a lot of grit was taught, taught, and that comes from a lot of failures and watching and learning. And so, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's that, the learning piece is I've always found for and even in my own life is you learn from your successes and you learn from your failures. Yeah. And sometimes the difference between the two isn't really big. No, <laughs> not at all. No. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, and I was, um, we moved actually from Canada to Florida when I was in third grade. Um, we moved, I moved a little bit, changed some schools in high school. And again, I think it just made me be able to, I don't know, kind of figure it out. You know, I was kind of not flip-flopped around to different high schools, but it just kind of the way it was. And so I was, I don't know the word. I want to think of like, I was adaptable to many things, you know, just the way that kind of my life kind of flowed into it, into kind of the change. And so I'm, I've always had to figure it out. I've always been 
a fighter, survivor, and had a lot of grit. So that piece of being adaptable mm-hmm. that plays in situational, but is also obviously driven by your thinking. But what have you had to adapt to with regards to thinking as you move from school to business to yeah. having children? I mean, yeah, it's wild. So I even think like when you first said, you know, what did we have to adapt to? I think of, of course, um, restaurant world is like nonstop, ever changing. Um, you gotta, it's like keeping up with the Joneses in a way, but really with food, you know? And so Mm -hmm. it's, it's, you do have to be adaptable on that. I think about COVID being completely adaptable to figure out how to survive in that, um, I think about, um, I mean, going from school, I went to high school, did not do college. I went maybe for a semester, failed out. I was terrible in school. <laughs> so <laughs> it was not my thing. But um, so just learning, I've always been in the work world, but for sure from going into working for somebody else than myself is a big um, switch and a lot of heaviness and you do have to adapt in that way. So, but it's always moving, always changing. So I feel like probably my personality fits it really well. I'm super all over the place <laughs> and ADD <laughs> and like this and going on from this to this to this. The amount of things that I think about in a day is wild. And so I think being for sure adaptable in the restaurant world is key for me. Not going to college, there's so many people, myself included, who really didn't have that education, who Mm -hmm. still had a great deal of success. Yeah. Uh, It is about work. It is Mm -hmm. about being adaptable. It's about learning. Mm -hmm. What what did you have to learn different about being an owner-operator versus working for someone? Um, So the first... um, First four years, I would say I was more of a manager. You know, when I bought Hard Knocks, I, so I was from the barbecue world. And so when I bought Hard Knocks, I knew nothing about pizza. I knew nothing about a wood fire oven. I knew, I mean, I wasn't from Knoxville, you know, all these things. And so it was a little bit intimidating. And so when I bought it, my whole goal was to, um, I never want to ask somebody to do something that I've never done. And so I would say the first four years I worked on the business, but not much. You know, I worked in the business every single day as much as I could, you know. Um, And so I learned all the positions and did all that. So that was almost like a fun, easy transition, you know, because it was like I was just a manager, which was really great and also very humbling when you're the owner and you don't know, and you're learning from the manager of how to make pizza. So that was a really interesting experience for me. And I'm so grateful for who taught me. Um, And then now I switched after having little ones, I've switched to working on it and I have an awesome team, but the things that I've had to learn, I mean, just that even tactical things of like that you do learn in college, you do learn spreadsheets you do learn you know what I mean those things because when I was in high school we didn't have computers um that like everybody else has right now and so I had to learn like P&L stuff and yeah like and how to grow it and um I'm a big visionary but like 
leading a team and the weight and heaviness is all on you, which mm -hmm. when you're a manager, the weight and heaviness of that day is on you, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's just, it was very different for me after kind of settling into working on it. So at least to another question. Okay. Because to your point, Oftentimes we, we see businesses that are being run, so to speak from the P&L or from a spreadsheet and without understanding how the nuances of the business get done, right? How the people get right. the work done. From your perspective now, having moved into that role, now looking at spreadsheets, because you know how the business works, does that affect how you evaluate what each line means? Oh, for sure. And two, I think, um, it's like because I've started from the beginning, from the low, you know what I mean? To Not that that's a low position, but just I I started from the bottom to the top, even just with hard knocks. Um, for sure, it makes, me, it makes me also, when I look at the numbers and even just I think about labor and food and all that, there's definitely more compassion for the managers. You know, if they don't hit the numbers, there's definitely more, um, like I understand a lot of what they go through every day. Um, even just leading them, there's a lot more compassion for them and a lot more probably leeway. I think when someone doesn't, say someone buys a restaurant and they've never worked in a restaurant, they expect different results than I probably would. Um, and then even looking at, um, yeah, I was like, this morning I was going through all of our marketing budget and even looking at that, what works, what doesn't work is just a different view that I have because I've been in it for so many years and I know, you know, what works, what's easy, you know what I mean? As far as mm -hmm. stuff like that. And so for sure, those, those big things, you know, we have goals set up for the leaders and, you know, I'm sure other people would look at the goals and be like, that's really easy, but it's really not, you know what I mean? And so I think I, I probably, yeah, probably more compassion and understanding about their day to day. Yeah, because it's when uh, I've been involved with companies, whether it's, you know, working with them in a turnaround or helping them accelerate growth, it's been these elements of you've got to understand what the real constraints of the business are. Sure. Oh, yeah. Right? And, and, and and that includes uh, you know, the people with regards to capacity, uh, yeah. their element of what abilities they have or yeah. what are the constraints around them that, that they feel limit them to do what they can do. Absolutely. Uh, and so it, when you're that goes, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I think that goes to also retaining people. It's real hard to keep great people if you don't know what they do and don't appreciate what they do. Obviously, I always say like every we all could be better. We're just growing to be the best versions of ourselves. And so that doesn't mean they're my team is not perfect. I'm not perfect. But I think it is yeah, retaining them is appreciating them and honoring like what they do every day and seeing it and you know you you generate loyal loyal people with you. You know you take care of them differently when you know what they do every day. Yeah, kudos to you. It, it's because you having that perception, I think, is so important. And and you have gotten there. You use the word appreciation in a way that I think is the important ways. You really do appreciate what they do. It's not a word you use. 
Yeah. And there's a big difference between the two. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, a lot of, you know, in probably locally owned businesses and probably bigger restaurants, I you know, I don't know, but I do know there's like one thing when I bought Hard Knocks is I just wanted to create dignity in the restaurant world, um, at least, and I can just do it with mine, you know, if I can. And so I think that is a lot where the appreciation probably kind of flows out of for me. So even if you're a dishwasher, that's like you treat everyone with dignity and everyone with respect. And so again, there's the appreciation, you know, so. When you're treating people with dignity, how does that play out for them and for the people they interact with? Well, I think number one, everybody wants to know they're working for something bigger than them. Right. So I think, um, the way that I treat, I think everything is always from top to bottom, but I, if you flip it, it's really from bottom to top. Like I support them. Like if you look at an org chart of everybody, you know, in companies, it's always like CEO and then everybody below them. And I like to flip mine because my whole job is to a, keep it open (laughs) and B, you know, support them. You know, my director of operations supports the managers, my, you know, all that stuff. So I think in that just initial kind of viewpoint, you just create dignity immediately and respect to everybody. Um, And then, so I think, so when people treat me with respect and dignity, you treat them as so, right? And I think that again, flows through the, the stores. So the way I treat the store managers is the way they're going to treat the employees. And so I think it just becomes this flow and, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just a natural thing at Hard Knocks now. Um, so I think it plays out in that way. I think it plays out and it, it creates a place of, you know, one of our values is the golden rule is you treat everybody the way you want to be treated. And so, Obviously, we don't do that perfectly. Nobody in the world does, you know, but I think if we keep those at main, you know, top of mind, it does happen. And that's a lot of dignity and respect and honor to everybody. I don't care what position you are. Like that, the first, as a manager, the first boss I worked for, John Naples, Mm -hmm. taught me that inverted pyramid. Mm -hmm. And because his point was, you're here to support your people. I'm here to support you. And the other part was, he said, there's only, you may turn it, but you're only going to turn it 90 degrees because your focus is, you turn it 90 degrees because you're trying to help create the vision. You're trying to help lead them. But you also recognize that they're the ones out front. Yes. We're the face, really. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. Yeah. That's a great perspective. They hold the cards in that aspect, too. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and like I was listening to Home Depot CEO podcast, but he, the power he gives, he gives to the front line is the register people is so much power, but they're the, like, that's the last thing that they're going to see, you know, last person they're going to see when they leave. And I, I try to really make sure my, all my people are taken care of and well cared for. And it, it plays out in how your customers are treated. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's like a family, 
I mean, we have regulars that have been there since 2009. Even with an owner change, they're still, they still come. We give them t-shirts. They wear hard knocks t-shirts. We, you know what I mean? We take care yeah. of them. They take care of, it's just really sweet to see how that all works. And that's the great part about it. That's the element you were saying, you know, that following the golden rule, because that is the piece is everybody is working well together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, absolutely. In every family, we have people who are better at certain things than other things. And it's yeah. about putting people in the right seats and, yep. and uh, in right places where they're going to thrive. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've moved a lot of seats throughout the years. You know what I mean? But yes. <laughs> right now, I'm, we're at a place where, you know, everybody's on the right seat of the bus for sure. Excellent. Yeah. Well, tell me about the business itself, being in the restaurant business. As you said, restaurant businesses go through cycles. You're always having to make changes, be, be able to, to swiftly adjust to whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Going through the whole COVID thing, what was that mm-hmm. like? So I, um, I had my son the day America shut down on mm-hmm. March 13th. Um, so COVID looked very interesting, me personally, and for work. So in our family, you know, my husband owns a business, I own a business. And so we had a baby. And then he's worried about his business. And I'm getting phone calls about the dining room being shut down. And, you know, so it was a very stressful, not fun first couple months. That was, it was really hard. But the silver lining is my team. So what happened, the experience for me was I'm at home. I don't know what this whole COVID thing is like. I can't bring a new baby, you know, to help them in the restaurant. And so I had to rely on my leadership team to basically handle COVID in a lot of ways. I, we did everything via teams, phone calls as much as I could. Um, so that's like the operational part. A lot of people went on unemployment, but all my leaders did not. They chose to stay and work. They wanted to keep working. They did not want to sit at their house, which was just shows a lot of character of who they mm-hmm. are. Um, and so we, so that just more operationally, you know, phone calls and we, we kept, kept trying to come up with creative ideas for people to keep coming back, right? Like, why do you need to come to Hard Knocks? Why do you need to come every week to support us? And so we just kept coming up with all these crazy, like, we sold dough kit boxes, which we don't ever do, right? And then we did delivery, and that was real hard and a mess, and I'll never do that again. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, we created, like, we sold, yeah, dough kits, and then we made a video of how to make your own pizza at home. And we sold, then when grocery stores were running out of stuff, we started selling raw chicken from our walk-in just because we're like, we got to figure out how to help, you know, everybody. So it was just wild. But... On the consumer side, it was really, really kind and sweet season for us. So we were supported so well. Um, People just didn't complain. They would wait an hour and a half in our drive-through we created. I'm sitting here at my office in in Western Plaza, and I'm looking at Hard Knocks right now, and there was, like, line of cars just circling, waiting for their food. And there was, like, three people working you know, because nobody could work. And 
I think the hard thing for me is I couldn't do anything, which was really very difficult and very humbling because it was a hard time. It was one of the hardest times I think I've been in the restaurant world for since I was 15 years old. And that has been, that was super difficult and I wasn't even able to help, which is real hard for me selfishly. You know what I mean? I wanted to be in it with them and figure out what to do. And so it was a really great, you know, we had two stores at the time. Um, now we have three, but the two stores, again, we had to shut the dining room down. Both stores have lots of seats. And so um, really we all just became creative and figured out how to survive. You know, I had a phone call with my accountant and I was crying and probably hormones and all the things also, you know, with having a baby, but it was just a hard conversation. I just remember getting off the phone and my husband and I were outside and I was like, if I lose the business, like I refuse to lose it without fighting for it, you know? And so I just, we did everything we could as a team to stay open. I never, the second I felt like we closed the doors, I don't think we were going to open back up. You know, so I was like, we're going to keep open. We're going to keep doing it. We changed hours. We changed, you know, all these things. But I just refused to be closed for any period of time. And so we made it and super grateful. I'm, I mean, it could bring me to tears thinking about how, you know, what's the word? Like resilient my team is. Like, and they just didn't give up. And so it's real kind couple things. One, mm -hmm. you, you talked about the resilience of the team and, and how tightly knit mm -hmm. your team is. And, and obviously, all this was established before COVID because mm -hmm. you don't hold together if you aren't already <laughs> close. Yeah. If they were new employees and all that leaders, I don't know if they would have stayed, you know, because they didn't. I think the big, yeah, I mean, they trust me and they knew I had their backs. They have my backs. That's the loyalty part of it. So yeah, for sure. And my leaders, you know, two of them have been with me for seven years, almost from the beginning from when I bought it. So it was very, very sweet how we did it. It's your commitment. I have a good friend who second generation owns a manufacturing company and, mm -hmm. and it's been really tough for him a couple of different times over the, oh, over the many yeah. years that he's been there. And fighting to keep it open when those times get tough is, is really that to me, that is the grit you were talking about oh, is that sure. element. Oh, yeah. And that's how you do earn respect of the people around you. And they didn't want to, you know, I think they, they take as much ownership and hard knocks as me, you know, in the aspect they didn't want, they didn't want it to fail. You know, they could have left. Frankly, a lot of people around, you know what I mean, left a lot of mm -hmm. places. And so they could have left. And so it w I was like really touched in a way that I don't know if, yeah, I just have the best team ever. That's awesome. And it shows, again, having been a customer, you know, when, when I go there, it's not only a great product, it's great service. It's oh, uh, and, and to me, great service isn't necessarily that we do all these 42 things and we come to your table all that. No, it's about the way people interact with you. Absolutely. And that's one of the reasons I was excited to have you on this. Well, and I will say great. this, my two best customer experiences, and I'm critical 
Five past two customer experiences were with Apple Computer during a mm. time when I had a, a computer that was a couple years old that had a liquid cooled engine and I was away on vacation, came home and it had ruptured and ruined the computer. Yeah. Took it in and they were really nice to come back out and said, oh, we're so sorry. There's nothing we can do with this computer. But if, if you're okay, we can give you a new one. But we'd like for you to pay maintenance. You know, oh, it was already out of maintenance. So it was amazing. And then we're at your restaurant. My wife and I are at your restaurant one evening. The order came out wrong and you happened to hear that. And it, it was an immediate, we'll take care of that. Mm-hmm. And you you did, you solved it, you took care of it immediately. It wasn't any questions and everybody was there making it happen quickly. And I equate that to one of my best restaurant experiences. Wow. Uh, and I, I put that, I put there with yeah. Apple. Well, yeah, that, well, that's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, wow, it's, thank you so much. It's, well, you know, it's, it's the mindset behind it and that, that really makes a difference. And for your restaurant, it was like, no, we want this to be yeah. right. Well, you know, that came from, well, just I'm, I always say it's not about pizza, it's about people. You know, I get to, we get to serve people. And do you know how many restaurants they pass just to come to us? You know, it's such a big deal. I always say, like, it's, you should, we talk, I talk a lot about in the early days to kind of switch the mindset when I bought it. I was like, you're, when people come here, it's like coming to your home. And so I'm always like, when a friend comes over, do you just ignore them? (laughs) And they're like, well, no. I'm like, okay. And so we just, it was just always this conversation of like, they're coming in our home, hold the door open. They have a kid, grab a high chair, take him to a seat, you know. You know, we're quick service or fast casual, probably fast casual would be the best word, but I always say we're fast casual, but we still are on the floor taking care of people, you know, like we're full service. And so, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. We, we should take care of that. And then the other thing is we went, my husband and I, and I won't say the name of the restaurant, but we went to a restaurant downtown years and years and years ago. And my chicken, I ordered this, it was a nice place. And I ordered and the chicken was not cooked all the way. And my husband's wasn't correct and all this stuff. And so we tell the waiter and I have like raw chicken on my plate and I'm like, Hey, and I'm really kind. Like it's not the server's fault. You know what I mean? All this stuff. And so I'm always really kind. And I, I just said, I was like, Hey, I'm so sorry, but this isn't cooked and that's wrong. And he was like, Oh, sorry. And he left the raw chicken and left the plate and all this stuff and walked back to the kitchen. And I was like, first thought immediately take away what they don't want, you know, but, and then he came back and gave me a new meal, but the manager offered a dessert not to, and not take care of the meal. And that, my first thought was, like, I don't ever want to be that restaurant. If we messed up, and if we, you know, just like your situation, it's like, no, absolutely, we're taking care of it. Like, I never, I don't know, it's such a quick fix. One of our values is keep it real. And that goes to internally, but also it's big with the customers because it's like we burn pizzas. It's a wood fire oven. We mess up, you know, or we mess up on the toppings or 
whatever. And so I'm always big about like, just tell the customer, hey, we burnt your pizza. The new one's already in the oven and here's a pie on us card. Please come back, but we're taking care of that. You know, it's just quick, simple things that gain loyalty, you know? And also I never want any of my customers to eat something they don't want. That doesn't make yes. sense to me. I like that in what you're, you're, you're sharing, because to me that is, I think the best of any business, the best of any leadership is really thinking the whole thing through. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's not just, oh, we need to get them to pay for the meal that they're replacing right. because that's going to cost us on, on the back end, that's going to cost us $25. So let's give them a dessert, which only cost us three. That doesn't quite, right? right? Well, and, must have been, like, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Well, and, you know, I remember there's been a couple people that have worked for me, they're like, you discount so much, you know? And I'm like, well, why would you make someone pay a percentage of something they didn't want? Like, it makes zero sense to me. You know, a lot of people, they'll do like, well, I'll give you, I'll take off that one pizza. And I'm a believer, you take off the whole check. Why, you know what I mean? That was their whole experience, just because one was messed up. So, but yeah. Yeah, well, it's that element of, they bring people back. They come back more often. You know, the yeah. experience is outstanding and people are good. They want to do good things for you. And uh, yeah, and it's reciprocity. Wow, you took good care of me. Yep. I want to come back and take care of you like when this whole thing started with, with COVID. Yes. yes, absolutely. So from a being a parent, uh, mm-hmm. being a spouse, being a manager, being a worker, the owner operator, what are the common threads that you find that you think help in all aspects of your life? I think, um, my first thought was just always learning. I'm a learner. Um, I always want to be better, be the best version of me, whether that's a mom, um, I'm a stepmom too, um, and a wife you know, leader, all those things. And so, um, I'm always the common thread, I think not to hold it all together, but to kind of, that makes it all work is me just trying to, um, when I say always be better, it's not a performance thing. It's more of kind of a deep rooted to be the best version of me. Um, I mean, my faith is a huge component to, my life. I mean, that's the other day, that's all that matters to me. Um, but that, and, um, I think with that both and, but I think I've always, always sought someone that's farther ahead from me. I've always, I never, I'm never, I've never arrived, right. I've never made it. I've never, and that's not a, again, a pride thing. It's more of a, there's always something to be taught. You know, I think talking to even not just restaurant people that have gone, you know, well far beyond me, even just anybody, (laughs) you know what I mean? Uh That's beyond in the years, like parenting or, um, yeah, just anybody that's ahead of you as far as experience. Um, I've always sought people out and always asked questions. Um, and I think, yeah, I've never arrived and I never will until I, I'm done here on earth, you know? Right. So, right. 
Yeah. Well, that's a fantastic perspective because oftentimes we get to thinking that we know something. And I like what someone said to me one time, are you so sure as to be unsure? But your perspective keeps you grounded. There's always knowledge or there's always something out there that I don't know or I'm not aware of yet that Mm -hmm. could help me, could help others, whatever it might be. Oh, yeah. I always say, like, I'll listen to everybody and learn from everybody. That doesn't mean I'm going to use it all. (laughs) But I want to know. I want to learn. You know, I think especially being a, a mom and an owner is probably the biggest, um, the biggest and hardest thing probably I've done. And so to know other moms and how they do stuff and um, just how they make it work and still fulfilled in all areas is such a big deal. When you say hardest, what's hardest for you? Mm -hmm. So... We have five children all together. Um, two it's just a small ones. group. I mean, you can you can a... start getting a small sports team together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but just being able to, I think the hardest thing is I, you know, my I've got one shot with all my kids, whether they're my bonus kids or you know the little ones. It doesn't matter. You know, they're both they're. The bigs and littles are all one to me, you know? And so I think I have one shot with all of them. And the most important job title that I have and will ever have is mom to those five, you know, stepmom, mom, you know, to those kids. And so I have one shot to be with them. And so I take it very seriously, my job as a parent, um, more than anything else, um, and so I think that creates a lot of tension in my work life. Um, and I'm okay with that. Um, I'm okay with it because it matters. It just matters more. Even before I had little ones, you know, I never worked when we had the bigs. I was always home, you know, and I made sure I was home when, you know, one of the older kids came home from school every day. I was just home. I just made it a priority. And I believe, you know, that's what really matters at the end of the day. And so that's the tension and that's the kind of the, yeah, that's the tension between work and home is the biggest thing. Cause I will hundred percent choose my family over anything. So it creates a difficult (laughs) sometimes, you know, And being a mom, like, being a mom, you know, you get called when they're sick. You manage all the babysitting. You man, It's just just the roles in the way it is. Not that my husband's not capable of it, but having two people doing the same thing in a house is really confusing, you know? So I think just having that extra responsibility and extra capacity makes it really hard. Not impossible, but very hard. Um, and someone once said it's the struggle in life that, that one makes us better, but also much more appreciative of mm-hmm. of, of the outcomes. Oh, absolutely. So being married to a business owner, <laughs> what is that like? Uh, I mean, obviously being parents is, is, is in itself a big enough challenge. And, and, uh, and going through that, because to your point, not you can't be... Both of you can't be doing everything the same, be on the same page. But what's yeah. it like 
being married to a business owner and being a business owner to talk about things such as business. For he and I to mm-hmm. talk about business. Hmm. So Paul and I, we're just, uh, so first we're best friends more than anything, which makes just it so important and amazing for us to be friends before anything. And so we were best friends before we got married. So that worked out perfectly for us. But um, for us to talk about business together and be owners and yeah, because I mean, when you own a business, it's just every day, all day, you're never off, you know, and it's just constant conversation stuff like that. So I think we're both so first, because we're male and female, we're both very different leaders, very different business owners. You know, I think it doesn't matter what we own. I just think the fact that females just run things differently and males run things differently. So he and I um, do really well at respecting what each other do, you know, and the decisions we make. But we also, you know, we do a great job at talking through stuff together he has tons of experience, way more than me, as far as owning businesses and leading people. But the questions that, you know, a lot of the stuff that he comes to me for advice and all that stuff is a lot of people related stuff. So I'm my first kind of thing in business is always people minded, people oriented, you know, and I think a lot of it has to do with me being a female, too. I'm a two on the Enneagram, so that makes it very um, feeler, you know. And my intuition is pretty high and normally right. And so a lot of the stuff we talk about is would be him with his team and hiring people and stuff like that. And then um, with him, with me, or a lot of our conversations are about leading and um, business stuff. But I think we do a great job at also keeping it out of the home. I mean, I've even done stuff like, hey, can we meet, have a meeting on our calendar for you to help me through this? And same thing. And so um, that's really essential. We I, we create really good boundaries about we don't sit and talk about work all the time at home. Um, we keep that very separate. Um, back in the day, I used to get really frustrated <laughs> before I, you know have been on this journey longer, but I would get frustrated and it was more my ego and pride of him telling me what he thinks. And I'd be like, don't tell me what you think I own it, you know, and that's so much ego. And so, uh, but he was 90% always right. And when he was telling me, and so now it's more of like an ebb and flow, you know, conversation with us, but we definitely keep a lot of it outside of the house, which is good. Well, a couple things there. One is Obviously, keeping it outside of the house, I think, is so important. There's mm-hmm. always this piece of how do you make sure, as parents and as mm-hmm. as partners, you actually have time for each other and you oh, have yeah. time for your children. Mm-hmm. And because I always equated to, if I have one responsibility in life, it's my it's for my children. Oh yeah, we do. Also, one thing that's been really beneficial for us is every quarter or three times a year, he and I go away. Um, and we go away and we, people probably would laugh at this, but we do like family planning. <laughs> and so we have goals and what do we want our life to look like? And it's great because it kind of speaks to both of our probably business and leadership vibe of how we do it. And so it's perfect for us, but we do go away and we spend 
a day or two on that stuff. Um, and then we uh, just hang out for like two, three days. And so we make that a big priority for us to be away. You know, when you have a lot of kids and businesses and stuff, sometimes even just being married and not having that, it's good to go away and remember like, oh, this is what we used to do. <laughs> this is fun. You know what I mean? So I think just adding businesses and children and all that just makes it a little bit harder. But we prioritize our marriage for sure um, first. And then you add, you know, your the kids and, you know, where, what are we trying to teach them in this stage of their life? You know, we have from 23 to two and a half. And so keeping relationships, right. And having conversations, it's a very, you know, one second I could be having a conversation with one of my older girls and then also putting my four-year-old in timeout. So it's like managing all that and where they want to be in life and how can we support them and, you know, all the things. <laughs> well, you definitely have bigs and littles. <laughs> yes, that's a, Yeah, we call it bigs and littles. Yeah, but it's fun. That's awesome. They, they all love each other. It's real sweet. So, thank you for for being on this today. Really enjoyed the oh, conversation. Gosh. Before we close up, I'd like for you to share a little bit more about. I wonder you talk about when you're going out and looking for other people. Who are the kind of people that you're looking for? Or, or, one of the, or maybe you just identify the kind of people that you've found, uh, not necessarily by name, but what kind of values did you find in them? What did they bring to the table that you were looking for? Like the people that I kind of seek out for mm -hmm. help and stuff. Um, it's a great question because I have so many different kinds, you know, different types and all that. Um, so I think just, I see when I meet people, um, and connect with people, I can, I, I can connect with people really fast, um, and see who they are and the, the beauty in them and all that stuff. And so I think I look for people to be with and ask advice and all that. Um, honestly, that I've been through pain, whether that's personal or business or all that stuff. Because I think when you go through pain, you learn so much more, you know, nobody's ever successful all the time, all that, you know, all that stuff. But when someone can expose the pain and the heartaches and all those things, I think you learn so much um, from that with other people. And I hope to do that you know, with younger people, I've been through a lot of pain, a lot of experience and stuff like that. And there's way more to come. And so I think those are the kind of things I seek with people. Um, you know, even just like having somebody, you know, I think about Randy Burleson. So Randy Burleson owns Aubrey's and all tons of other stuff, you know, but he's just somebody that I've connected with that I can just text randomly, random questions. And it means more to me than a lot of things, you know, but having someone like he has built something really amazing and he does such a great job. So like just stuff like that, just able to connect with people to bounce ideas off, but also that have failed and been really successful. I think that's a huge thing. And also, I mean, as a mom, you know, my best friend, she is an incredible mom and she's a stay at home mom. So a lot of it's like seeking stuff about that, you know, and, but yeah, I don't know. Did that help you? 
Did that answer it? Absolutely. It, that affirms and confirms it. For me, I've always had those people in still today who are, like I said, if I happen to be traveling back through Cincinnati, which is where I'm from, yeah, I can let them know a few days ahead and maybe we'll grab yeah. lunch or breakfast. But they were those mentors. Those are, they were the people who were so far ahead of me that I didn't, number one, I couldn't see what they saw in me. Right. Uh, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Same. But 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 just so grateful that you had their wisdom. For me, it was like I could share an idea which would get spread out with the mm -hmm. ADD with all the different directions yep. it could go. Yep. And they could bring it down to a sentence that, which has brought a lot of clarity. Yeah. Or a few words. My husband's even. a big, yeah, my husband's a big one I go to. Just his experience and what he's done. And so, yeah. Always seeking out, like I have a lot of ideas, a lot, <laughs> and I can yeah. come up with more and more all the time and what I want to do. And I think finding people that like, just like bring you back down, right? And you just back to the basics and simplify because they've been there. You know what I mean? They've been <laughs> younger and have had all these ideas and this is what, you know, and when you're an entrepreneur, you always see what needs to be fixed or changed or added. And so it's like, you could just go on and on and on about all that. And so it's good to have people that just kind of settle you down and help you. And yeah, such a gift. That's business, that's life, that's family. Yeah. It's all those Absolutely. pieces. For now. Alexa, what a wonderful conversation. Oh. Again, thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's an honor. Thank you. Thank you.